Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. God, we thank you so much. Well, friends, I know you're probably wondering why in the world does Josh have on this robe? Well, friends, we are celebrating our graduates. And so to the class of 2020, I know you've had a whole lot going on, a pandemic that has happened, but that does not knock the achievement that God has allowed you to achieve in your life. And so we celebrate you, we honor you, and we're excited for you. And so today, graduates and all of us, We're going to continue talking about alignment with God and what that means, because if you want to have success, you must be aligned with God. But we're going to come in a bit and laser focus on what it means to have a powerful prayer life today from Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 12 through 19. Friends, the R&B vocal quartet from Atlanta, Georgia, called Escape, released a song many years ago that was titled, Who Can I Run To? This awesome song with a beautiful underlining bass line asked the question in its lyrics, who can I run to when I need love? Friends, Escape wasn't the only one to delve into this question. We ask this question when we are faced with the challenges of today and the problems of tomorrow. Who do we run to when insecurity fills us up like the inside of a jelly donut? Who do we run to when we are full of sadness and pain? Who do we run to when there is a void in our life that needs to be filled? Who do we run to when we feel just like giving up? Friends, you have to understand today that love is a verb. And as we think about love being a verb, we get to benefit from God's love simply when he acts on our behalf. You better understand today that God specializes in taking great care of all of us. And so my question to you is, who do you run to? Because if you're going to be aligned with God, then you must run to God. The hope by the end of this message is very simple. We would hope that you would run in prayer to God, not only when you're in need, but continually. And so, my friends, today we're going to examine what does it mean to have a powerful prayer life? Friends, in First Chronicles, you got to know what happened in First Chronicles before you jump to Second Chronicles, because in First Chronicles, this book was written for the exiles who have returned to Israel from Babylonian captivity. They wanted to remind themselves that they were God's people. But these people, however, were insecure in some ways and wanted to know, does God still care about us? And of course, the answer is yes. But yet we hop, step, and jump right into 2 Chronicles now. And 2 Chronicles continues with the history of David's royal line. It captures episodes of different kings and whether they lived in alignment with God and had success or whether they lived out of alignment with God and were not successful. 
However, my friends, I want you to understand that there was a brother by the name of Asa, A-S-A, yes, Asa. Asa was the king of Judah at a time, and for most of his life, he remained aligned to God. But to give you more of the B Hollywood true story of Asa, Asa stays aligned with the Lord, but yet there is a brother by the name of Zerah from Ethiopia. And Zerah has combined a great army. In fact, it is one, one million men that are coming to invade Judah at this time. Asa scared out of his mind, but yet he cries out to God, God, help us. And you better know that the Lord heard his cry. And God defeated this million man army and Judah was able to collect all the many gifts of war and return home. Why? Because they were aligned to God. You may ask, what in the world does that have to do with 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verses 12 through 19? Well, let me upset your equilibrium a bit. It has everything to do with this episode simply because ASA Asa he was the father of Jehoshaphat and Jehoshaphat is all in and up and through our biblical text today you see Jehoshaphat he takes over as king of Judah after the death of his father Asa at this time, my friend, Ace Jehoshaphat is confronted with yet a huge obstacle, and the obstacle is magnanimous and gigantic because the, the Munites, the Ammonites, and the Moabites have combined together an army to invade Judah. This three-nation army is nothing to play with, friends. And Jehoshaphat keeps it all the way 100 with God and understands that this army is extremely powerful. He understands that they cannot beat this army with just one nation. And so what does our brother Jehoshaphat do? He gathers everyone together from Judah and the surrounding cities. And in their big gathering, they fast and pray. We notice Jehoshaphat prays in a specific way. And in this prayer, he shows reverence to God. He says, God, you're awesome in all your ways. He recounts the glorious actions that God has committed, all the good things that God has done. He recounts how the people have been good stewards of what God has entrusted them with. But yet after he's done all of that, he then proclaims that even in fear, even when they're shaking in fear, that they will seek God. Oh, friends, listen to some of Jehoshaphat's prayer in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 12 through 13. Jehoshaphat prays, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Through Jehoshaphat's prayer, we notice the big problem. You see, Judah's made up of people. They have their own little community, and yet a three-nation army is coming against them to really head their way. This is a huge problem because life as they know it is about to be incredibly different. Friends, people are about to lose their lives and lose their mind. You see, but friends, I want you to understand things are about to get really ugly. Friends are about to be separated and destroyed. Everything that they know as normal is about to become abnormal. This is a problem. 
And Jehoshaphat understands this greatly. And he's, but he's not without fear in this moment. Jehoshaphat and all of Judah are scared out of their minds. Inside, they are screaming worse than a child who sees their first horror film. Inside, they are screaming worse than a person who has a fear of snakes and one is on the loose. These people are incredible. These people are in incredible and unusual fear. But yet all of Judah gathers together to fast and to pray. Friends, I want you to turn a mirror to yourself right now because we too have a problem because we tend to believe that when we profess faith in God, then all will be well. You see, we believe true faith is the absence of fear and that is not the case. Sometimes you've got to learn how to pray even when your voice shakes. Sometimes we have to learn to trust God even when our minds are submerged with fear. Sometimes we have to depend on God even when we feel like running away from God. Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, they show us that even when fear seeps into your mind, you should still depend on God. Fear should not be the metric of if a believer has faith or not. But we have to realize that fear is simply a feeling that humans experience. And yet faith is an invitation for God to work on our behalf. And so if I had any encouragement to tell you right now, I would simply sum it up this way. Friends, learn to pray your way through fear. Yes, I understand even now that it's so uncertain and it's problematic and a lot that's going on, but don't give up on God because God has not given up on you. Learn to pray your way through fear. Well, in the text, we've got the problem. Check. It's a huge one. But yet in the midst of this gathering of people in prayer, these people desperately need to hear from God. This isn't one of those type of prayers where they can wait a whole long time because the combined three army is on their way and they desperately need to hear an answer of instruction from God. But as they're gathered together, I'm sure they're asking a whole lot of questions. Questions have to arise such as, does God really care about us? Will God help us? God, do you see that we're in here right now, scared out of our minds? God, where are you? I'm sure fear is here because, however, I know that fear is there, but I also know that faith can exist in the same space because faith will eradicate fear. And when we remain faithful to God, God always comes through for us. But don't believe Josh's words. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 25, verse 12, he tells us who then are those who fear the Lord. He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Friends, you better understand today that in the words of the gospel artist, Dottie Peoples, God may not come when you want him, but God will always be on time. Friends, they have gathered to fast and pray, but Lord, oh my God, look what happens. After they pray, the Lord sends an immediate answer in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 14 through 19. Look what it happens. It says, then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, 
the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourself, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be in fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face them for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites for the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Talk about an immediate answer. These people gathered to fast and pray and obtained an immediate answer from God. You see, God knew that these people could not wait a long time. God knew that their backs were up against the wall. God understood the ramifications of this problem, but yet God answers in a loving way and tells them multiple times, do not fear, do not be dismayed. The battle is not yours, it's God's. They needed instruction and they received it faster than mail could be delivered by UPS. They needed instruction and it was delivered faster than Pizza Hut could deliver a pizza. God instructs them to go out and to face this three nation army and tells them you can praise God and you won't even have to lift a finger. And so what do these people do? The next day, we're told in verses 20 through 25 of chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles that they go out And they don't go silently. They go out and they're praising God, saying your loving kindness endures forever. And as they're out there, the three nation army turns against each other and they actually defeat and kill each other. What happened? God fought for them. What happened? They prayed to God. What happened? They were aligned to God and God worked on their behalf. Friends, understand this very vivid truth that God loves it when we trust him to fight for us. See, God is always fighting for us. He's always giving. He's always caring. He's always producing. He's always loving. God loves it when we trust him to fight for us. Friends, God even fought for us when we were headed down doom and gloom and H-E double hockey stick was to know our name. But yet he sent Jesus to die on the cross for every sin that we could commit. We didn't have to ask for it. We couldn't think about it. And truthfully, many of us did not even know we needed it. But God loves when we trust him to fight for us. Friends, I know this is hard. It's hard because many of us want instant gratification and we want what we want right now. Friends, I know it's hard to trust God because it goes differently than how we expect it. I know it's hard to trust God because we become frustrated and anxious. But I want you to understand that God's timing is always better than your timing. 
I want you to understand even now that God's blessing and God's plan is always better than your blessing and your plan. Because if these people had ran away, who knows what would have happened? But yet they remain in alignment with God. They sought God and they got to see the strong hand of God work for them. And so my brothers and sisters, even right now, what does that look like for you in this time? Could it be that you need to trust God to fight the battle of uncertainty in your heart? Could it be that maybe this week you begin to pray and ask God to govern your emotions instead of you spiraling out of control about all that's happening in our world right now? Does it mean that really right now you need to ask God for help to get out of your feelings that you can have faith in God? I'm challenging you right now. It's a hard challenge this week to push past how you feel to be in alignment with God. Everybody everywhere, I'm going to ask if you would trust God this week. Trust God with something that's literally weighing you down. Give it to God and watch God work on your behalf. Keep believing and keep praying. Friends, our together takeaway is very simple. Our problems do not surprise nor stop God from working on our behalf. And so my brothers and sisters, there may be one of you who happens to be watching. that's saying, I got many battles in my life, but I feel like I don't have Jesus. Well, friends, I want to invite you to come into a thriving relationship with Jesus. And you can do it even virtually by just simply repeating this prayer. I admit I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. On this graduate Sunday, if you just did that, we here at Second Punts are wholly excited for you. We want you to let us know about it. Simply drop us a comment in the comment section or email us and one of us will get back with you. But if you want to know more about Second Punts, because we all are craving community, especially in this time, feel free to email us. My last invitation is to all of you. You can never have too much prayer. If by chance you need prayer, our emails are located on spdl.org and we are here for you. Friends, our problems, they don't surprise God, nor do they stop God from working on our behalf. This week and all of your life, stop worrying and start praying in alignment with God. Have a great week. To the graduates, may God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, have truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness 
to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. Amen. Amen. Have Have a great great week. week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.